Hello and welcome to Beatdown, a musical battle royale. I'm your host, Kookaburra, sitting in the old gum tree, Josh Brunel, and joining me on the <laughs> panel this week. She just smiled and made me a Vegemite sandwich. She's Jennifer Lane, everybody. Good evening, Jennifer. <laughs> Good evening. And a dingo ate his baby. He's Edward Giordano. Good evening, Ed. Um, things went a bit pear-shaped after that, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're back. It's the three of us, just like the old days, well, flying by the seat of our pants on a Sunday night, bringing back memories. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's because... Uh, Thanks to all of our millions of views, we were able to fly us all of Beatdown Podcast down to Sydney for this week of recording. Yeah. Really oh, cool. wow. oh. Isn't it great? Isn't it great? <laughs> that we are just be amazing. It. Thank you to our sponsor, Qantas, <laughs> yes. for flying us yes. all first class. <laughs> like to thank Blue Apron for sponsoring <laughs> our podcast. Like to thank Audible. Uh, <laughs> uh, and Squarespace. And Squarespace. Yeah, That's right. when you know you've made it. Yeah. When you've got swear, Squarespace, you've written... Or MailChimp. Or MailChimp. Or both. Or both. Oh, my gosh. What are we, cereal? Good Lord. Aww. Do you guys no, remember... Someday. When, when we started podcasting, before the three of us were podcasting as a trio, and it was just Jennifer and I doing the, the our idol show and Ed doing his idol show. I mean, do you remember podcasts back then? Like, if you had... Well, I didn't even know. I didn't even know how to track listenership. Yeah. So I have no idea who, how many people listened to us back then. But I cannot imagine it was very many, and no one knew how to listen to podcasts. It oh was a yeah. Different world. It was. It, 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 it was, was very, funny. It was very encumbering. Yeah, <laughs> and I I recorded more podcasts from the first year than I ever listened to, which was kind of. It's a bizarre. It's a bizarre thing. Yeah, I mean the podcast I used to listen to back then. I don't know if they're still around. Like I don't know if Delta Park Project is still around. I don't know. <gasps> oh if my gosh! Simply Syndicated is still a show. Like it was. There weren't. It was. It was hard to find podcasts to yeah. listen to. And now it's. You know. It's like the joke I told before we started Beatdown was I live in Los Angeles and I don't have a podcast, which means you can legally throw trash at me on the street. <laughs> uh, everyone has a podcast. <laughs> it's true, and they're also polished now. Like the production on them is so great. It doesn't even matter if it's good, as long as the production value is. <laughs> what high. are you trying to say, Jennifer? <laughs> I'm saying we went um, substance over style. We thank you. You're I'll take it. Yeah, I'll hey. take it. I got yeah, you I back. Mean, I've actually never asked you this, Ed. Like, at what point did you hear a podcast and be like, "I'm gonna do that"? Like, what got you into this? Um, I heard, up like so. This was 2004, 2005. I heard, I was like, became obsessed with um a podcast. I pretty. What was I? What was I listening to at the time? It must have been a video game podcast. And then I was like, and then I realized you could do it, and I realized iTunes you could submit a link. And then that <laughs> summer, I uh, did. I did. I covered Rockstar Supernova uh, wow. as a as my first podcast. And then after that, uh, I went to American Idol season six. Was the first American Idol season I covered. Oh my gosh! Wow. For some, okay, for some reason I thought you started before we did on Idol, but you were doing other things, so that makes sense. Yeah, because yeah. we started with Idol season five. I thought, yeah, and I feel like what was the name of your Idol one? Um, it was it it changes its name stupidly because I I clearly did not I like it was like <laughs> American Idol six the fix or something stupid and uh... then and then file American Idol seven in heaven and I kept changing that's the, name, the one I remember. Before you realized yeah, you, was, you had to create a brand. That was 
stupid. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, I mean, it I actually did better with Rockstar Supernova podcast. At least it was on trend. Was, you know, the thing is, I guess the thing is you didn't think, which is great because you maybe would have overthought it or talked yourself out of it. So you just did it, which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was thinking I missed that. I need more of that old Ed did shit. Now I'm like, oh, how will it look if I do that? Or I don't know. Oh, mm. oh, oh, no. This, it's. Don't get older. You get older, you start thinking about things, and you start analyzing, and then you don't do anything, yeah. and then you're sad, and that's that's not that's no good. Yeah. But like, but it's it, the, the whole podcasting thing has changed. I was talking to a friend of ours the other day who had said like, "Oh, my wife and I were thinking about starting a podcast. We think it would be good promotion for us." And I'm like, "Okay, what do you want to talk about?" And he's like, "I don't know, food, music, our lives." Oh, you, you need to pick a thing. You yeah, that's like sure. there was a time where you could do that show, right? And it would just be you and your wife, and people would listen to you chat. Mm-hmm. Today, yeah, I was like, "You've got to have a gimmick, and it's got to be a good one. And if you want to have just a whatever show, you have to be super huge to be that guy." Yeah. You have to be a celebrity to just be able to talk that casually and freeform about just about anything. But I mean, like, I think when we first started, it was kind of cool because it would, you know, like our lives were so crazy at some points. It was like the <laughs> one hour a week that we would sit across the table from yeah. each other and actually talk to each other and just like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're recording this. I remember back in 2005, 2006, 2007, I would have to download it on iTunes Pick it to transfer to my iPod. Yeah. Connect it via USB. Wait for it to transfer, and that's <laughs> and that's what I did. Yeah. And that was and that was probably like the good days of podcasting in the beginning. I was such a holdout to uh, to using my iPod. Like I used my iPod to listen to podcasts, doing exactly what you did. You you would like if you were uh, eventually iTunes got smart enough to auto download them mm-hmm. for you, but you still had to sync your iPod. And then I only started listening to podcasts on my phone maybe three years ago, oh, like yeah. maybe two years ago, because well, for a long time we just we were kind of holdouts on the whole like put everything on your phone thing mm-hmm. um but yeah it was just like i had the ipod and the ipod is what i listened to stuff on and it was just like how i was wired that's it was yeah. such a it was just how we listen to podcasts it, it, it's it's so different now and and on the one hand i do love that i think podcasting as a medium has become so exciting and there's so many people in it and they're doing such interesting things and uh, so on i mean obviously it's a format that that we all came to appreciate very early on and uh i i am excited that people have discovered it on the other hand um it's a little i do have a little bit of that old man like we were here first and no one cares i'm I'm still a little sad like i believe it's still somewhere in the neighborhood of 80 percent of americans don't listen haven't listened to a podcast in the past month or something like that like it's like while it's while it's a decade plus old for us Mm -hmm. it's still like burgeoning technology to some people it's true yeah when they were doing the um tripod movement yeah i think the number they were throwing around in that was about 50 percent of people uh, don't know what a podcast is but i was actually impressed 50 percent of people did i mean (laughs) but then you think about like how many there are like there are podcasts about podcasts. Yeah, now oh that, my god, that we listen to. When NPR started a show about podcasts, I was like, "Well, we have just crossed the Rubicon now. Yeah, like, we can't go back." It is, and it's like I can't imagine my day without podcasts. Because when I'm getting ready in the morning, I'm listening to a podcast. When I'm driving to work, I listen to podcasts. Uh, depending upon like what projects I'm working on at work. I listen to podcasts and then I listen to when driving home. I can't imagine traffic without a podcast. That's pretty funny. Yeah. It, it's just like this has become 
all-encompassing. I mean, the, the, the danger for me is that I get kind of hooked on one theme, and it's usually <laughs> a dark theme. So I got to, you know, every now and then listen to light, fluffy stuff and uh, yeah, try, I to, mean, try to break it up a little. <laughs> well, before we get into the show, then, let's go real quick around the circle. Ed, one podcast that the listeners should absolutely check out. Ooh, uh, I mean, I listen to lots of weird stuff. Um, I mean, I think like one of the more accessible ones I'll go with. So you want to be a writer with Val and Al because I love them. They're mm. like a good. They're, they have good interviews and they have good tips. All right, Jennifer. One podcast the listeners should absolutely check out. Okay, um, this this is an oldie, but it's it's still pretty great. I mean, although I don't listen to as much as I used to, but NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour. That's one that actually really got me hooked and listening on a regular basis so i highly recommend that they talk about um all aspects of pop culture uh and they have you know an expert on books and comic books an expert on music an expert on well expert but you know uh people <laughs> enthusiast. who's uh, yes enthusiast um uh movies and television and so forth so it's 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 pretty great they're a fun bunch to listen to oh that's cool uh I will throw out, um, I've been listening to the Celebration Rock podcast, which is a show that Steve Hyden does that wrote this, he wrote this hilarious book called Your Favorite Band is Killing Me, <laughs> um, which is about pop culture, or, uh, pop music rivalries and what uh, it says about you, depending on which side you pick, like Biggie versus Tupac. And I was going to say Beatles versus, versus uh, Stones. But yeah, yes. Beatles versus Stones is one yeah. of them. Uh, and then he, on the Celebration Rock podcast, he did a seven-episode series about Pearl Jam, where he discussed each of the first five Pearl Jam albums in a different episode, and then did like an episode for the latter two, and then an episode for the quote-unquote everything else, what he calls the legacy years. Um, Pearl Jam is an al a band that I kind of took a pass on in the 90s and uh i was really actually really fun to listen to people that really loved this band talk about it in very honest terms mm -hmm. with like 20 or so years of perspective on it That's and impressive. uh really like made me go back and listen to pearl jam which i've come to really appreciate i think they're <laughs> a really solid rock band and i think they've really uh found a pretty unique niche for themselves so mm -hmm. so yes i would recommend steve hyden's podcast also because i'm trying i'm currently stalking him on twitter and trying to make him be my best friend um <laughs> that is yet to work for me Aww. but uh you know someday someday i'll i'll figure it out <laughs> but, um, just putting it out there to the universe yes exactly ed what one word that i had to throw out i i was i was as you were talking it's like what podcast do i drop all other podcasts for the second it comes downloads oh that's Ooh, a good that's point. a that's a different yeah and i and the second a uh, podcast from boxes the weeds starts downloading I, I don't care if i'm in the middle of a big brother canada five podcast i'm <laughs> dropping that and i'm picking up the boxes the weeds mm -hmm. sarah cliff and ezra klein are my gods right now and i love them that's it see that's an interesting thing because for me that's crime writers on yeah it's like the second i see a new crime writers on like i've i've grown i've developed such an affection for rebecca and kevin mm -hmm. that uh they talk about true crime podcasts and then true crime kind of in culture as well uh, they just did three episodes about S-Town, that serial yeah. podcast, and I've really like come to enjoy their opinion a lot with Toby and Lara. And I really 
like that, and you are you are totally Toby. Toby. So. Oh, I know. You are the Toby. I know, and I hate him so much. I listen to him. <laughs> and I'm like, you're such a wet blanket. I hate you. And then I'm like, I oh. agree with you on everything, though. Yes, yes, you do. <laughs> That's funny. I, you know, and I did avoid that for a while because they do talk about podcasts that sometimes I I haven't heard yet, and then they really don't get into the spoilers, but they do sometimes talk in more in depth and give more information about it like when things are going to kick in and what you're going to listen for in yes. this episode so sometimes if i I'll, I'll read the um i'll read the titles now but if i if i haven't if i haven't heard that podcast yet i i kind of avoid it but they they are super fun to listen to and not yeah. just because they're my people from new england but i do adore them yeah most of them are in new hampshire yeah. i think they're all in new hampshire actually and okay so the then the one that i will often like if it pops up my favorite murder Oh wow! I kind of yeah. stopped you guys are so Did you really? Well, let's get into it. Uh, we are here for a beatdown, where we choose a theme, and each of us brings a song that we feel is the ultimate representation of that theme. We will present our picks, make our case, and then you, the listener, will vote on who you think brought it best and reigns supreme in the beatdown. This week, our song or our theme is "Songs from Australia," uh, the land down under. Uh, but last week. Our theme was songs from the 90s. So uh, let's take a look back and see who was victorious in our songs from the 90s beatdown. We had a little bit of a mix up in the voting uh, because I posted a poll on Twitter, which ended prematurely. Um, but uh, Ed brought Natalie and Bruley is torn. Jennifer brought the Fugees, Killing Me Softly. I had uh, Small Sight Teen Spirit by Nirvana. And Candace, our guest, uh, had Smack My Bitch Up. Uh, by the prodigy and i'll be honest ed uh you won in the first poll uh we tied in the second poll uh which did have a lot more votes we actually had a pretty significant number of votes this week um and then i got i think more like retweets and online votes i honestly can't call it i kind of just have to throw my hands up and say i think you and i tied uh i don't know how i feel about that though <laughs> I, you know my song was Oh, go ahead. Yes, <laughs> tell me, Ed. Tell me, how do you feel about that? I feel like I feel like Nirvana, although is probably the right song here. My song was the accessible pop song in in the bunch. And, and so you think that's why it like crossed the line? That's what, why it was able to uh, get as yeah. many votes as it did. Wow. Yeah, I will that's, say that's my theory. You guys did pick the most popular songs. Oh, of the four songs. Of yeah, the four songs, you definitely, definitely have... the most successful, like yes. on the pop charts. Yes. That's interesting. Yeah, I I kind of go back and forth. I'm kind of like a t a world where uh uh Sweet Spirit is not the best song of the 90s. It's kind of the darkest timeline. But I think it really struck me uh in the voting and looking at people vote how many of our listeners and just kind of, you know, obviously human beings in general did not grow up during the 90s. And so the way that music has endured to them has probably changed a little bit or has a slightly different effect on them over time. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I was pretty surprised. Uh, Jennifer, any thoughts on last week's voting? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. And I'm not saying that like in a, you know, bitchy bitter way <laughs> at all nope 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 um i'm not surprised you guys definitely you know as far as you know pop song and grunge song you guys definitely picked the most you know popular ubiquitous songs for the 90s so congrats to both of you <laughs> i'm so happy for well, you yay I, w I was thinking uh that like torn really has stood the test of time like people still like that song a lot and i and 
It was stuck in my head for days. Thank you, Ed. <laughs> I had that in my head forever. I guess the fortune teller's right. Okay. Oh, Anyways. <laughs> oh, I didn't like it at the time. Um, well, let's uh, let's oh, get into it. Love it now. <laughs> Our theme like, is. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Well, I, I don't know if if Steve Hyden does a seven episode series about Natalie and Brulia, maybe I'll Ooh. come around on her as well. <laughs> Um, our theme this week is songs from Australia. I've got the names in the randomizer, but before I set the randomizer, Ed, this was your pick for a topic. So I'm curious, why did you want to talk about songs from Australia? The reason I want to do this is because I really want to talk about this one song that I picked and I was trying to build a theme around it. And the reason I want to do that is because I believe it's it should be the song that I selected should be up there in the most classic songs like classic rock song of the 80s and 70s and 80s i feel like it's up there with the best and i feel like it doesn't get the recognition it deserves like i feel like it's in the don't stop believing caliber of song and no one talks about this song all right that way well let's get into the uh let's put up the randomizer uh and (laughs) i'm gonna do that again because it came up with jennifer being first and i feel like well because you're the only one who didn't come in (laughs) Oh, wow. So you should not have to go first. I think I'm okay with going first. Oh, Jennifer, take it away then. Let's do it. (laughs) I really, I I guess maybe particularly this week, I I don't feel like there's any true disadvantage to going first. All right. Um, Like in this particular case, you know, we're, we're, I'm I'm approaching it a little bit differently than I have in weeks past (laughs) and going to do a little bit more, you know, just freeform spitballing here. All right. Well, Jennifer, what did you bring for this Songs of Australia beatdown? Okay. And I will say, this was a tough one. I've been thinking about it all week. There's so many um, obvious bands, especially when, you know, when I was in high school and college, you had, you know, the the Men at Work, the Midnight Oil. um, uh, Of course, like the the Bee Gees and Olivia Newton-John, like all of these singers and groups that I grew up with. But um, I thought, you know, instead of going too far back, which I tend to do sometimes, I'm going to do something a little bit more current. So I went with the Temper Traps Sweet Disposition.
hook of that song is two minutes in. Yeah. It has a really big wind-up. I think that's one of the things I really enjoy about it. Um, I like that the song kind of, you know, builds in this sort of anxious pace, but, you know, it's gradual, but you know steady and then once it finally does catch and the drums kick in it's it's really exciting and you know from what i gather the song you know it, it's just it's very joyous and exciting and you know, it's about falling in love and just being you know just just diving headfirst into love not overthinking it not holding yourself back not being cautious you know it's like that the the the, the first or second time you fall in love and it's all very exciting and new and you just you just go with your emotions you don't you you, you don't um concern yourself with you know other other reasons why you shouldn't be so like just gung-ho to fall in love and it's just there's something sweet about that and i and i love how it builds just like that and like gets your heartbeat going and and um you know builds with excitement and and i just i just really think it's fantastic um and so this you know band uh Tampa trap they're out of melbourne australia <clears throat> this is actually from their first album that came out in 2009 and um it, it did okay but not great actually did i think better in in europe and uh Japan. But the, the reason most people know this song, or at least I was first introduced, a very sweet movie called 500 Days of Summer. Oh, was this in that? Yes. Oh, wow. So that's another reason I really like it, because I do relate it to that. Um, I remember just, you know, when we saw that, it was just a, a sweet little, you know, it was a love story. It was a, a bittersweet love story. But all of the, you know, wonderful things that you feel when you're first falling in love just kind of all like rush back and and that's why i like this song it's a, it's a really interesting song as i was going through uh the bands and particularly kind of like the modern alt rocky bands that come mm -hmm. out of australia this kind of like i almost want to call like aboriginal drumming this mm -hmm. kind of like right. kind of came up a lot in like tame impala mm -hmm. uh and some of the other modern ones and then going back to like early bands like that this was a really big part of like midnight oil sound right which was an australian band right in the you 80s. get that beat yeah and and so i, I I don't know that there's like a real identifiable thread. I might be mm -hmm. looking for something that isn't there, but it strikes me as being kind of like the sound of a of an Aboriginal mm -hmm. people well, kind yeah. of coming out. And it's it's interesting because I you know reading more about them, they're they're categorized as alt rock, but also alt country. Huh. Which wow. I guess maybe Australian country. Like I don't think they mean <laughs> you know American country. Maybe just not on this country song. Western. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's just, yeah, they have such a unique sound. I like, I love the, you know, the, the tone of his voice. It's very, you know, kind of dreamy and ethereal. There's something really wonderful about it. Yeah, it's it's one of those songs that just kind of hovers, mm -hmm. you know. There's the kind of magic of it is that it it kind of flies. The whole opening is this kind of like soaring, floaty. floaty yeah, not soaring, but that kind of like floaty mm -hmm. vocal with that floaty guitar riff over it, and then mm -hmm. even the drums, like they never really crash until you get into the hook, and then everything yeah. kind of like lands on the ground, yeah. uh, and then goes back. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's a very sweet song. I don't know a single 
single word he's saying. I've heard this song probably 30 <laughs> times. I can't think of a single word in the song. Yeah. But it's one of those songs that I don't really care. Like the yeah. vocal melody and the, the vocal itself is much more of an instrument than mm -hmm. like a uh, right. trying to put forth any particular visual imagery with the lyrics. Right. And the the the, the, the music and, you know, again, the, the, the dreamy tone of his voice is sort of evokes the feeling that you would get even if you were <laughs> understanding the words exactly yeah for sure well this is a great one temper trap uh i think this is a great song i don't know any of their other music maybe that's where the alt country comes yeah in. maybe um. <laughs> i don't either and and i can't even say that like this is their best one it's just the one i know <laughs> yes it's a really great song ed what do you think of temper Trap's sweet disposition I was really enjoying it. I like I, Josh's description of it was really great. I feel like from the beginning guitars, that driving guitar, that's and then it's like it feels very ethereal. Um, and while I think my first first listen to it before we started, and I've heard it before, and I was like, I never, I always remember being like, I don't really love this song that much, and, and I think it's because I'm like kind of a melody lyric person sometimes but then like when when i took a step back and just accepted like the feelings from it i was i was getting into it i was like okay like mm. like it isn't about the lyrics it's about how you feel and the joy from the song so this is a really song strong solid pick jennifer thank you yeah it's definitely one of those songs where the lyrics are are kind of optional they might have mm -hmm. great, great meaning if i googled them but you can't really hear what he's saying it's interesting that in 2009 this was kind of at the front of what became the very anthemic soaring vocal style that mm -hmm. came out of fun and and imagine dragons right. and that this kind of like beat those a little bit it's kind of wild well i mean okay so just to i just brought it up on uh google lyrics here but just you know it, it starts off sweet disposition never too soon Oh, reckless abandon, like no one's watching you. A moment, a love, a dream, a loud, a kiss, a cry. Our rights, our wrongs. A moment, a love, a dream, a loud. A moment, a love, a dream, a loud. So it's just, yeah, it's very simple, mm -hmm. but it just, it like just brings you back to that like fluttery feeling you get falling in love. And it's just so, so fantastic and fun and yeah, for, for being lyrics that aren't particularly like they're Elaborate. they're non-linear right but they're all pretty evocative when you stitch mm -hmm. them together oh, like yeah. any any one of those things is pretty insignificant but mm -hmm. when you stitch them together they right. they're definitely pretty evocative oh that's really cool well yeah. you made a very good case Thank for a uh, sweet disposition by temper trap um i think i'm gonna go next I also went reasonably recent. Uh, so in a great twist of fate, Josh and Jen went recent and Ed oh went old God. school. What? How crazy is that? Um, I'm going to go with the a song. The world is upside down. The, the world is, well, the, it's, the world is down under. Oh. Um, what up? They, hey, there you go. <laughs> I'm going to go extremely Wait, recent. Uh, this song is uh, from an album that came out in 2015. It was largely regarded as one of the best albums of 2015. Uh, Billboard magazine, NME, um, the Sound Opinion podcast that I listened to. What was that, Ed? Pitchfork. I'm like, Pitchfork. why do I not know this person? <laughs> yeah, today? no, this is this was very much in the indie rock halls uh, for 2015, and yet somehow I still think it's good. Uh, the, the joke I used to, uh, the joke I've said before to Jennifer is, um, the popularity of a band on Pitchfork is inversely proportionate to how much attention the audience will pay at the show. Because <laughs> if a band is yeah. real popular on Pitchfork and you go to the show, it's usually just a bunch of hipster kids that are there 
there to be there, uh, but not actually paying attention to the gig. Um, somehow, Courtney Barnett, I think, really does manage to rise above that. 2015, she put out an album which has a great title, which is Sometimes I Sit and Think and Sometimes I Just Sit. Uh, and this is a killer indie garage rock album uh, that was largely paid for by some money she borrowed from her grandmother to start a record label. <laughs> and she's a beat poet, uh, largely, or a poet, largely, and then uh, learned the guitar so that she could put music behind her poetry and put together a very tight, very small, very energetic garage band. Uh, my favorite song of all of her songs is called Pedestrian at Best, and this is what I brought for our Australian music beat day. Best by Courtney Barnett. Um, it, I just love the energy to it. The story, if in as much as there is a story, is really uh, her talking to someone who's very interested in her, who really wants to uh, kind of, uh, let's say, take care of her, and her telling the person, one, I don't particularly want you, I don't particularly want your affection, uh, and I don't really take your offer seriously. While at the same time, she's kind of commenting on how, like, she's the problem mm -hmm. like it's this kind of like i'm i'm the broken one and she's not really apologizing for that as much as she's just saying this is what it is like um it's it's not the narrator of this song is is kind of arrogant without really acknowledging it and i find a certain honesty to that in a way uh, a person who is really not a good person and uh doesn't really know or care that they're not a good person. There's just a lot going on in it. There are a ton of words in this song. You can definitely tell she's a poet <laughs> on this one. A lot of her songs are a lot more straightforward. She does a lot of story songs. Um, Avant Gardner being one. Uh, what's the one I listened to? Oh, the uh, Elevator Operator, which is a guy who goes up to the top of a building and somebody's like, are you going to commit suicide? And he's like, no, I just come up here to, uh, to meditate because I like seeing how small the world is. And it reminds me me how how insignificant we are and so she does a lot of these kind of like story songs and this is one that's much more straight ahead uh, she recorded this album in kind of a wild way she brought her band together and didn't play the song she wrote all the songs she didn't play them for anyone uh, until the week before the band got together to record the record because she wanted everything to sound incredibly fresh. And then on this particular song, the recording is the first time she sang the lyrics out loud. So 
I, there's a certain urgency to it. There's a couple times in the song where she'll actually miss the beat, which I find really fun. And, and it's just part of this garage rock ethos. It's very DIY. Like we're going to get in, we're going to make a joyful noise and we're going to get out. And I just find it really exciting. Uh, when this came out in 2015, it was really kind of a big smash. There weren't a lot of people sounding like this and certainly not new people sounding like this in that period. I mean, you still had Jack White, kicking around the edges of the world. Um, but this was kind of fresh and exciting. And I guess this is kind of a tangent, but um, we went to a concert last night, Jennifer and I, mm -hmm. uh, to see this band called Curtsy, which maybe someday I'll find a way to talk about on the show because I'm kind of obsessed with this kind of modern shoegaze band called Curtsy. But we were waiting for the for them to start and the band before them was setting up. This is like, it wasn't even a venue. It was like this tiny little cafe in Echo Park that has a little stage in the corner. And this group of kids pull up in a car and we immediately thought like oh my god that's someone's little sister that they're forcing to load in <laughs> like as they're bringing yeah. in like the drums and the guitars and everything yeah. and and it turns out it's these three they could not have been more than 17 years old these three girls the drummer was i am not joking like four eight maybe mm. like in heels maybe, yeah uh, maybe the, four ten the guitarist had no street or had no stage presence and yet could shred like was a, they essentially were three girls who looked like they were late for math math elites and yet somehow like sounded like thin lizzie and between that and then like uh you know talking about the regrets on the show and we went to see the dolly rots and and uh, go Bitty go and i've just had this moment in the last couple weeks hearing music like this and just thinking like we're still making exciting loud beautiful music and it just like gives me hope for the world like as i turn on twitter and, and then i look like the guy at the end of radio's little lost ark every time i open twitter and i just melt <laughs> away in sadness it's and then true. like i find these there are still kids in the world that want to make loud angry music and it make, gives me hope and yeah. it just makes me happy so i love this courtney burnett song i think it's fantastic and she's from australia so i get to talk about it so yeah um so <laughs> i'm sure she puts on an amazing show so, i found yeah. her too late like yeah. today, if you want to go see Courtney Barnett, you have to spend a lot of money. Yeah. But I'm sure if like you had heard of her in 2012, it probably wouldn't have been very successful or wouldn't have been very expensive. You could have seen her at the Troubadour with 12 other people. But now she, she's probably doing three nights at the Fonda. But uh, anyway, that is my song for this Australian music beatdown. Ed, uh, your garage rock isn't really your thing, but lyrics are your thing. And so I'm curious what you think of this Courtney Barnett song. Um, as I was listening to, I thought it was like, oh, this is like a very Josh pick. <laughs> if, if I was like, oh yeah, this I, I was into, I was into it. I the, uh, I, like this is like a bit. Uh, this is kind of like in the vein of the punk rock that I could kind of see myself into, and I do like. And as you said, I like the lyrics. I wish there was a bit more melody to it, but that's just just a personal preference. Mm. Uh, but it's definitely it's definitely like a fun song, and I I enjoyed it more on this listen. Yeah, I, it's it's a, that's kind of talk singy style, which I, I don't know that anybody's ever really gotten famous with this style. Like, there's a couple of people over the years that are really famous. Art Brute is the, for whatever reason the first one that comes to mind, uh, who had this kind of talk singing. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I can see how that would not really be for everyone. And it, I mean, it definitely works with her voice. 
Yeah. And the funny thing is, it's her her voice. You would think it would be drowned out by the music, but it's not. It it, it still is, you know, strong on its own, even though it's. She's, you know, sounds like she's ready to break any second. And I think also because her her lyrics are so elaborate and, and dense, it you're just, you're always riveted to it. And um, I really like this. I mean, I've heard this before. I know yeah. you, we've heard this, a, I've heard it a bunch of times. Um, and I, I really like it. I like, I like her style. I like, it's not, there's nothing predictable about it. And I and I do I like that sort of you know self deprecating like hey listen you don't want me I, <laughs> I mean pedestrian at best is like a, such a good title like, yeah exactly it, it's so it's so good yeah and, the the tone of the song is kind of like trust me you don't want yeah. me I don't want me either yeah <laughs> oh no yeah I'm a mess yeah I can relate to this chick all right there we like go. It. Ed, let's turn it over to you. Uh, you're the one who named this topic, and you get to go last. So please tell us, what did you bring for this uh, Songs of Australia beatdown? Um, as, as I said, I, I wanted to like, discuss this song because I feel like In Excess's Never Tear Us Apart is one of those great classic rock songs that doesn't get the kind of play. Like, like not even... Like, I feel like if you talk about Australian rock songs of this era, you're going to be discussing Don't Dream It's Over by Crowded House. You're not even going to be talking about this song. <laughs> and I, I think it's up there in my mind with the Don't Stop Believings and the, like, all, I'm, I'm blanking out, like, um, Living on a Prayer. I feel like it's, like, up there <laughs> with all those songs. And it came out in my birth month, birth year. Wow. So wow. that's exciting. From 1988, oh, August. I, I was excited about that. <laughs> uh, so and I, I, for me, it's just classic melodies, killer lyrics, great like drum beats in there, and then like the perfect amount of guitar. I feel like it's like perfectly balanced. And there's like a, it's like a nice like saxophone in the middle of it. Let's just take a listen. Don't ask me what you know is true. Don't have to tell you. I love your precious heart. I, I was standing. You were there. Two worlds collided. And they
listening back on this, I'm realizing there's like some check like boxes and checks that like really hit with Ed songs. <laughs> killer lyrics, killer uh, like m- melody, and then like hyperbolic drama, uh, like lusting for love and like just like believing against belief and like to me check 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 the hyperbole is there and i love it and i love it i think i think i'm like why do i love this song so damn much and i think i think that like there's tons of songs with great melodies tons of songs with great guitar great drums the saxophones synthesized strings whatever it's that it's those it's those like over the top lyrics that really bring me in and i just feel like like you're never gonna tear us apart yeah (laughs) I mean, the, well, you one you love it because this song is fucking magic. It's um, amazing. It's it's the best. Uh, I I think also the other thing worth mentioning in in that list is Michael Hutchins. Um, it, Michael Hutchins' delivery on this song is so desperate, mm. and I actually I think lusting for love is one of my favorite things you've ever said, uh, which is a, a very applicable way to talk about Michael Hutchins. I mean, this was a guy who was like so pretty and so conflicted and, and very, had a very tortured, very tortured love. Life. Rela- yeah. Love relationships. Uh, and, and was just one of those dudes who like was always all a hundred percent passionately looking for something that he huh. never seemed to quite be able to find. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think to me, you are absolutely right. This song has all the right ingredients. Um, and if you hear it covered by other people, it's quite good. But the X factor on this recording is, is definitely Michael Hutchins. He's, he's otherworldly on this one. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer, I know you and I are big. I think actually in excess is probably the one band that all three of us agree <laughs> is fantastic. Really fantastic. So if we ever do, like you were saying, Ed, to do a band themed episode of the podcast, in excess would be a good one to do. Oh my God. It would, that, it would, it would be really, really hard. Um, okay. So I little bummed you, you picked NXX. I really wanted to do NXX too, but I, I love this song. I was a huge fan. This came out when I was in college. I just like everything about this, his voice, the, the instruments, yes, the desperation in his voice, but the, you know, the patience that he has to yeah, just that's true. deliver it all with such beautiful feeling and intent. Um, yeah, this is, this is a great one. I mean, it honestly would have been hard for me to narrow down which of my, which song, is my favorite of theirs. There's so many, um, so many great ones, and it, it would have been a real, real tough one. Now, I did get the pleasure of seeing them in 2000 and probably 2002. So this was when, obviously, they had their new lead singer. Yeah, um, Michael Hutchins had died, and they were testing out lead singers. Right. So, so this was. I had, yeah, it was probably like 2001 or 2002. It was definitely. I was living out here, and I went with my friend Jen. It was down in Orange. And we went, but it was before they did the, uh, the competition. Yeah. Yeah, The TV show. Exactly. So I was really surprised when you were like, Hey, do you want to watch the show with me? Because they're doing this and Cinesex and da, 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 da. I was like, it was the, the Ferris brothers, right? It was like the remaining, the, the three original, um, guys. So I was like, well, wait a second. They have a new lead singer. I saw him and he's actually, he did a decent Michael Hutchins, but that was the problem. He was always trying to be. Michael Hutchins and you just can't 
Yeah, so. it well, it's one of those hard things. I mean, it's it's like when a new lead singer tries to sing on for Queen, mm -hmm. and do you just try to do Freddie Mercury or do mm -hmm. you try to be something new? Like losing a lead singer is it's for better or worse, the lead singer is arguably the one member you can't lose. <laughs> you know, I mean, the only I guess the only band that actually did it without trying to replace that other person was Van Halen, because yeah, where they essentially tried to you they know, they just yeah. went a whole different way. With yeah, somebody, and they took on a new sound and a yes, new style. Yeah, exactly. and then, but you also had that Eddie Vedder's Eddie Vedder. Whoa, <laughs> Van Eddie Halen. Van Halen's presence in that band yes. was as important as any lead singer. Yes, um, you know, and also something like Ten Thousand Maniacs was pretty effective mm -hmm. at, at trading out lead singers every few years because the sound of that band right. was kind of larger than any one lead singer. Right. Uh, I suppose Natalie Merchant would probably disagree, but uh, <laughs> I you think know, she still, would as well. Huh? She'd be like, "Wait a minute, uh, don't be uh, so." Yeah. But yeah, Ed, um, what is your history with NXS? Did you know them before Rockstar NXS or was that really no, your intro to the band? Like the first time I heard this song was uh, as you, well, maybe you don't remember, but as I remember, the <laughs> when, when, when the artists were in the bottom three, as voted by America, they, uh, the, 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 they each had to sing an NXS in excess song for their life yes. and so the first time i heard this song was someone on a bottom three of, <laughs> of, of doing i was like i was like oh my god this song is amazing i thought that was from like a bottom three singer so and that, like that's how good this song is mm -hmm. if a bottom three singer was like blowing me away with it <laughs> like the third suckiest person can carry it off it must be fantastic so i don't know if we've ever told you this story ed but when we got married, we looked at, we talked to a couple different photographers and then we met a photographer in uh, Moore Park and yeah. I was real grumpy that day because I think it was a Saturday morning and I really did not want to drive oh, to Moore Park. I drove him out there 40 minutes. I was, yeah. And then we walk into her studio and the, all we see on the walls are pictures of the contestants from Rockstar in excess. And it turned guy? out. Uh, Marty Casey. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. It Marty Casey Love Hammers. And Love Hammers, oh, yes. Fun. And it turned out she knew one of the contestants, and that person had brought her in, and she ended up uh, uh, shooting a bunch of, like, just glamour shots of all the cast. And I was like, you can shoot our wedding. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, and that was the cool thing was she, she had such a, such a unique creative eye. She was a concert photographer. When, you know, when she was younger and then she got married. But when she started having kids, she's like, yeah, I can't be doing the concert scene, <laughs> you know, out to two or three in the morning. So she's like, I'll do weddings. It's a day job. And so that's what she does. But so she actually does these really, you know, artsy, unique, like they're not the same poses and, you know, the same shot over and over and over again. But yeah, so we did. I just remember the blonde guy, so Yeah, it was very funny. And that uh, was a fun show. We saw the we saw the guy from season two at Jerry's Deli. Oh yeah, well we've seen we've seen most of the cast of season two at one place or another. Oh. We saw Storm Large in New York. Yeah. Uh we saw Delana at Tim. I, I love Molly uh Storm Large. Ladylike is a legit single. Oh, she is fantastic yeah, live. Really I mean she's fantastic. She's you know. really something. She was she was very impressive on on the on that show. But seeing her live is just, she's 
breathtaking. And have you ever heard her song Eight Miles Wide? I mean, a lady like but I, I, I on iTunes. YouTube it, you'll like I it. Like I don't think it's on iTunes, but if you YouTube it, it has a great music video. So look up okay. Storm Large's Eight Miles Wide. Uh, anyway, back to the show. Um, <laughs> so Ed, my one question about this song, and you know, because this is a competition, I'm going to ask. My challenge with this one is, well, one, if I were to talk about an NXS song, I probably wouldn't talk about this one as much as I love this song. I would want to probably talk about NXS from its dance band roots. So something more along the lines of Suicide Blonde or Need You Tonight. Even Beautiful Girls would be kind of fun, honestly. Yeah, Uh, I I do like that one. But uh, my question for you is when you were describing the song, you were likening it to like Journey and uh, like kind of Bon Jovi, like big party anthems. Well, I mean, I think it's a fantastic rock ballad. God. Oh, so you're looking at it like a power ballad. Yeah, it's a power. It's a power ballad. Gotcha. Oh, deserves- interesting. I don't know if I would call this a power ballad. That's so interesting. I think I would. Right. I mean, I, I guess I hadn't thought about what category I'd put this song in, but <laughs> that's why. That's why I was naming the the songs I was naming because I'm feeling right. like it's a, a, you feel it's like, like a, it's like one of the great. Power- no one gives it the damn credit it deserves. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's interesting. Very much, you know, the trouble with this. Yeah. Well, I, and I think it's funny because when I think of this song and when I think of all, when I think of all of NXS's music, it, it is kind of singular in nature. Like not a lot of bands have sounded like NXS over the years and really embracing dance rock like they did that, that synthesis of dance, disco and rock. Uh, is just not something that many people do, quite honestly. Uh, and they did it in a very unique way. And so, yeah, I, I find them to be pretty one of a kind, actually. Um, so, yeah, I suppose uh, for, for NXS, this is a power ballad. I could, I could kind of see where you're going there. Well, let's go ahead and we'll wrap it up now. Uh, just the three of us. So we're going to dive right into closing statements. We'll go around the circle one last time and you can tell everyone why your song is the best and everyone else's songs are so bad that they should have to move to the outback of Australia and uh, live on a ranch with Nicole Kidman and Hugh Jackman. That actually sounds really nice. Uh, and never... Uh, you want to have losing... What's that, Ed? I said, if losing this means I get to move to the outback, I mean, like, make, let me lose, I guess. Yeah. That's... I'm going to say vote for Ed right now. <laughs> That's Sorry, true. so I get to go. <laughs> well, let's start with you, Jennifer. Uh, this is your last opportunity. Please tell all of the audience why they should vote for your song, Temper Traps, Sweet Disposition, as the best song from Australia. Well. Because I myself have a sweet disposition. Oh my gosh. There you go. I had to, I had to do that. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's so full of joy. The, 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 the song builds, it makes your heart flutter, like falling in love. It's a fantastic feeling. And we should all be reminded of what that feels like all the time. That's there you go. awesome. Yeah, that's my closing statement. Very good. Uh, it's, this, is, this is a hard week because... It's a different type of theme. It's it's a it's more of a genre versus a yeah. theme. So I can't say definitively like why that is like the best Australian song. It's hard to song. compare the three songs. There's yeah. yes, they're so very different. Um, but I would say that uh, actually in excess, that's a hard one. <laughs> I, I, I would I would listen to this song over and over and over again. There you go. That's it. 
Uh, well, let's. I, I will go next, uh, and this is why I think you should vote for Courtney Barnett's "Pedestrian" at best uh, over the other two songs. You know, when you heard it a couple minutes ago in your headphones, uh, you smiled. I guarantee you smiled. You bobbed your head a little bit uh, when she came in in that hook. You know, put me on a pedestal and I'll only disappoint you. You went, yeah. Like, you just felt that rhythm in your bones when she came out and that excitement. And I think that's worth something. I really think when you hear that thing that just gets your blood pumping and gets you excited, uh, you need to honor that. And you need to honor it with your vote. Uh, <laughs> going around, I think that Temper Trap song is absolutely lovely. Um, I don't think it's as exciting as the Courtney Barnett song. And I really want a really exciting thing. Uh, I also think that uh, uh, I don't know what else Temper Trap has done. And that Courtney yeah. Barnett record is money. Uh, the song, yeah. the record that this song comes from, uh, it was on so many top 10, top 20, top best lists of that year. Uh, the AV Club, The Guardian, NME, Pitchfork, Rough Trade, and Stereo Gum, just to mention a few, named it one of their best albums of 2015. So I think it definitely has the lods. Uh, and then as far as NXS, I don't know. As much as I love Never Tear Us Apart, uh, if I was going to bring NXS on the beatdown, I probably would have bought a different song. Uh, Devil Inside? Come mm. on. I would have bought... I would have brought Devil Inside all day long. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to have to say I think there's better NXS songs. Uh, and then I'm going to not sleep as well tonight <laughs> because <laughs> I had to say something bad about NXS, a band I deeply love. Uh, but that's my argument. Ed, let's turn it over to you one last time. Please tell the audience why they should vote for NXS's Never Tear Us Apart in this Songs of Australia beatdown. Um, subplot, uh, London Grammar has a fantastic cover of Devil Inside on their Spotify that you should really? all check out. I've been meaning to check out that band. I've heard a good thing out. about yeah. that band. Cool. Oh, London Grammar is fantastic live. Um, uh, so for me, Never Tear Us Apart, as, I, as I've like reiterated a gazillion times on this podcast, to me, it's one of the greatest songs ever written up there with the Disney Heights of Dog Days Are Over. Uh, I'm always <laughs> okay. Uh, that's the I, next episode. I'm gonna make that a thing. Wow. <laughs> the next episode is gonna be songs that we each cannot let go of how good they are, no matter whether or not anyone agrees with us. <laughs> you can do Dog Days or well, Rubber, and I can do Brave by Sarah Bareilles. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so never tear us apart. the The melody is there. The drama's there. It is the power ballad that deserves the credit that you can help give it by letting it crush the competition. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, that, that leaves it up to you, dear listener, to please tell us who you think right. brought the best song from Australia in our Songs from Australia beatdown. Uh, Jennifer, were you going to say something? Anyway, you said dear listener. Like, we have one listener. <laughs> Hi, listener. Well, there's only one person in the headphones oh. right now. Yes, it's right. Very, you, podcasts are very intimate. You that's are one correct. of the reasons we opened it up with a podcast conversation. I think that's the success of the podcast is they're very intimate. You feel like you know these people. Thank they you. They all feel like they know us. Yep. Thank and you, listener. Do. You know the one I mean. Yep. <laughs> it's it's you. you. I'm talking to you. You're, <laughs> you, you're the, you're the most important right one. <laughs> <laughs> we love every single person listening to this show, except Michael David. I'm joking. And you're the one I'll make cookies for when you vote for me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Were you talking to Michael David there? Because he's the only listener that's going to be at our house in a month. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> 
That's true. Except for maybe Ed. Yes, I'll make cookies. <laughs> I'll make cookie for the dudes. Uh, yes, uh, dear listener, please vote for what you think is the best song. So we're going to try something different this week because I totally messed up the poll last week. Um, I'm going to put up a poll on beatdownpodcast.podbean.com. That's beatdownpodcast.podbean.com. And uh, right on the episode page, I'm going to add a poll to the episode page. And on that page, you'll also be able to find links to the songs if you want to listen to them all the way through. Uh, and places where you can leave comments uh, on the episode. But go to beatdownpodcast.podbean.com and you can vote for what you think is the best song from Australia that uh, we brought this week. And mm-hmm. if you want to get in touch with us and tell us what you think about us, uh, I encourage you to tell us how awesome you think we are. Uh, then you <laughs> can find us at uh, uh, beatdownpodcast.podbean.com. You can also find us on Twitter at beatdownpod and on Facebook at beatdownpodcast. Uh, and you can email us beatdownpodcast at gmail.com feel free to go to itunes and leave us a five-star review it helps other people find the show and uh, again tell us you love us i don't know that's late <laughs> it's sunday i'm tired we jennifer and i went out last night yes we did real hard very late real and then late. we went to a party today it's real. been it's been a full weekend it's been a, it's been such a full weekend for us <laughs> love it very love cool it. but that is it for us. Uh, Jennifer, if people want to find you online on the mm-hmm. social medias, where should they go? On the Twitters and Instagram at Jenny B. Creative. It's J-E-N-N-I, the letter B, creative. And Ed, if people want to find you on the social medias, where should they go? Um, if they want to see my like Instagram posts of Your like, working out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You could you could follow me at Edward Giordano. That's E D W A R D G I O R D A N O. Guys, at, Ed uh, burns just, some freaking calories on seriously. the treadmill. I am never I never cease to be impressed how yeah. much time you put well, on the I, treadmill. I did lose like forty five pounds last year, so uh, there was that. It's amazing, dude. It's you look amazing. Yes. Uh, and uh, do you want to give people the uh, Big Brother Canada minute? I mean, there's nothing to say. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sad the ratings are down this year. I'm nervous. Season six is traditionally a hard season to get to in Canada. I mean, so I'm, ho- I'm hoping it does well. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm like I'm Team Sydney with an S as I proliferate that all the time. I do the S, Sydney with an S. There you go. I mean, it's Canada though. Are they out of people to put in the house now? Uh, okay, the, the the part it's not they're out of people to put in <laughs> Come the on, house. Come on, that joke was a little funny. <laughs> no, 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 they're not out of the people to put in the house, but they they uh, the they do have issues with casting there because they they have, it's such a smaller pool of people to pick from, and apparently they I don't so there is there is something to it. What All you're right. saying? <laughs> not as go. many people want to be. Uh, famous? Yes. Scare quotes famous? <laughs> I mean, and the prize pool is a little small. I mean, like, really, you're walking, like, in Big Brother US, you're walking away with after taxes a prize of 350000 ish with a prize of about 120000 And, I don't know, it's hard to convince people to, to give up their life for three months for a 1 in 16 chance at Well, when you break it down like that. Yeah, no, that's not as exciting at all. I'm out. (laughs) Well, you can find me on Instagram where I post pictures of the crazy concerts I go to uh, and on Twitter where I mostly just quote Jennifer. uh, And you can find both of those (laughs) at Josh Burnell, B-U-R-N-E-L-L. We'll be back next week 
We don't know what the topic is, but we'll tell you. Uh, this has been The Beatdown with Josh and Ed. I'm Josh. I'm Jen. Good night. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Beatdown is a production of us and is recorded in the office attached to our garage. Our theme song is Optimism by the Numbers by Brian Lerner and used with his permission. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes. It helps others find the show. The music clips we discuss in this podcast are used in compliance with the U.S. Copyright Act, fair use exemption for criticism and commentary. If you want to listen to the songs we talked about this week in their entirety, visit us on Twitter at BeatdownPod, online at BeatdownPodcast.com, and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash BeatdownPodcast.